Are you ready, kids? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Subject High, the only podcast on the internet with the guests who do. I am your host for this episode and all episodes, Hookaloof, 24, a bear, and I am here with today's guest, the bird of the word you've heard so much about on the Funny Family Man show, Mufus. And today we will ask him a series of chilling questions that drill down to the dark heart of man. The first one, how are you doing today? Shit, I wasn't ready for that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, mm. uh, I'm doing quite well. It's been, today's been alright. It's been That's a good. fairly easy day. It's been raining quite a lot, so... Yeah, same here. It's just to stay indoors. Stay indoors, record a cool podcast so that the world can know of how cool you are. Ha! Cool I am. Yeah, sure. Good joke. That, Funny. This is why you're the host. It's true. Uh, anyway, let us begin with the official questioning. Unless you had anything else that you wanted to address beforehand. Uh, nah, go right ahead. All right. Uh, then we'll begin with the easiest question. You are an artist, and a very, very good one. But how did you get your start at art? Well, you flatter me too much, but... Hmm. Uh, I started, it's hard to say when I sort of started art. I mean, I've been drawing for ever since I can remember. Um, I never took it seriously. It was all just a, a thing to do, uh, especially when I was younger in primary school, uh, elementary school for you boys over the pond. But I was never the most popular kid in school. Uh, so often, more often than not, I wouldn't find myself playing with other kids. I would find myself just drawing. Uh, Luckily enough, my school, at some point, they, they came up with an idea. Uh, it was essentially just called a busy book. Essentially, it was a book, like a jotter, the, the same size as your regular workbooks, except all the pages were just blank. There were no lines or anything. Okay. And they encouraged you to just draw in those. And the idea behind it was, it's just your book, it's your thing, and hey, if you're drawing in this book, you won't draw shit in your actual workbooks where you're not supposed to. I mean, that doesn't seem like a bad idea at all. No, it was great. Uh, and I, I loved it. Um, I think they did eventually stop it. Luckily, after I already left, uh, because too many kids were going through too many books, I think. And it cost a lot or something. Yeah. That is the problem. When you encourage kids to be creative, they might be creative and then that's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Can't, can't fund that creativity. Got to stifle it right down. Yeah. No, no, no. Go back to drawing in your workbooks. We already bought those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I will I will segue into uh, from from drawing since forever. How did you first get involved in sort of the the furry side of things? Ah yes, when did I become a degenerate? Uh, <laughs> now see, the, I, I think I became a degenerate before that because, uh, much like our our last guest Ruby Snutus, uh, I was part of small horse fandom, and uh, how the fuck. Sorry for swearing. Also, I should have asked if it was okay. No, it's okay. This this is a podcast where I interview people who draw penises and vor and who knows what else. You're allowed to say Sometimes the fuck both. word if you so choose. Uh, yes, fair enough. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So I joined that fandom through, uh, funnily enough, Team Fortress 2. I was just playing on a Saxon Hill server, and then I sort of came to the realization, like, oh, Jesus, like, half the people in here are in that fandom. I just got sort of got absorbed into it. Um, I didn't start drawing until kind of later on. The earliest thing I could find that I drew, at least digitally, was, I think, 2012. No, it can't be 2012. It's either 2012 or 2014. 
I know that's a big jump, considering, but... Um, I don't know. It's two whole years. Yeah, but I think it was probably 2012. Uh, and, do uh, you do you have do you have this? <laughs> uh, not saved. It's on my old, old, old Tumblr that I used to have. Oh shit! And I do not want to give it out for embarrassment reasons because holy shit, I'm surprised it still exists. A ton of my posts are flagged because of mature content, which no surprise there. Yeah, uh, but I'm just surprised it's still up. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not in the business of embarrassing you, and so if you don't want anyone to see or hear your uh your tumblr name you do not need to give it out no yeah uh, <laughs> it exists so that's all you're getting yeah. and don't go looking for it no you probably won't find it unless unless you've known me from before you probably won't find it um yeah and then i don't know i think i started drawing just because that's what i was already sort of i wouldn't say good at but that was just what i was familiar with um and then i saw the amount of artwork that came from the community was so kind of inspiring in a way because it was just like hey anyone can put forth a thing they've made and then people look at it and go ooh and then they'll give their opinion and show her nice things and I was like I want nice things so I started drawing um and yeah I just sort of evolved from there and then eventually of course uh I moved out of that fandom for a multitude of reasons and then sort of floated about for a bit and then through a couple sort of, not encouragements, but sort of just a few nudges from friends, I was like, yeah, why not? I'll make, I'll make a fursona. I'll, I'll be a furry instead. Uh, same, sort, same kind of community, but not really revolving around a show or anything in particular. It's just, like I've heard the term before, we're fans of each other. Um, okay. Which, which I, I kind of like. Uh, so, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll make a fursona. And that's just how it happened. Hey, that's that seems like as good uh, a dark dramatic backstory as uh, as any. I don't really call it dramatic. I mean, <laughs> no, not at all. It's it, it's perfectly reasonable and a fair growth. It all started when the small horse fandom killed my parents. That would be pretty whack if that had happened. Since then, I've never been able to look at a rainbow the same way. Jesus Christ! <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on, you recently, as of like a few days ago, did the thing that furry artists are known for doing and opened up for commissions. Hell yeah, I did. Uh, I'm kind of curious, as someone who, I'm guessing you, well, you know, I, I won't I won't guess, this is the show where I interview you, so I'll ask you a question and you'll answer me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, how, how have you dealt with slash deal currently with commissions? Uh, barely. Um, <laughs> essentially... I've been winging it this entire time. Uh, I just sort of look at artists who... It's going to make me sound really self-centered, but who I believe have a similar skill level to me. Um, and then sort of what they price at. And then I sort of price myself sort of around that. I know it's really weird, and also some people might see that as a very self-harming way to do it because you're, com you're directly comparing yourself to others. You're comparing your literal worth to others. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 worked for me so far, so I can't really speak against it too much. Uh, and dealing with it, fuck, it's it's hard. It's because the way I've been doing it now, I think I found a good balance. Because whenever someone commissions someone, uh, it's it's kind of hard for them because, say, if an artist opens and it's first come first served, 
Uh, a lot of people who are in America might have a disadvantage because, you know, I live in the UK, so I may be posting at times that's good for me and other people in the UK, but bad for them. So I can't Makes do sense. that. Uh, if I pick all of them by myself, I'm going to have severe, severe bias. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to uh, say that I won't. So if someone comes to me and says, hey, can you draw this like female character that has like, you know, this and this and this sort of situation, I'll be like, oh, that's a, that's a nice idea. And then someone else comes along saying, hey, can you draw this big, flipping, huge, sweaty dude? And I'm like, I'm picking that one. Like, yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, so I can't do that either. And then also random, random's nice, but then you get people who commission the same, try to get the same artist over and over and over, and they never get it just because random. And I think that's not fair either. So the way I've done it now is I pick one or two, and then I randomly choose the others. And I think that's a fair sort of balanced compromise. Hey, I think that's uh, that's a perfectly valid way to go about things, because I know lots of people who have tried to get specific artists who they love in random sort of raffle-style commissions and never been able to get them or been been unfortunate enough not to get them at proper times. So I think that I think the system that you've got is just about perfect for you and everyone. Yeah. The other problem is that, like, because I've been closed for forever and I've really only opened, like, just a couple times and done a couple commissions... It kind of sounds like, it sounds like I'm saying, oh, I'm just, I'm just swarming with people trying to commission me. I'm so popular. But it's, no, it's just people have built up over time, over multiple years, trying to commission me. They probably just want one picture, and that's it. And that's fine, but they, they still want it, so they've just sort of piled up all this time. So I can't pick everyone at the same time, otherwise I'm going to be overwhelmed. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the other problem. That's no good for everybody. The last thing that you want as an artist, and the last thing that somebody who's commissioning an artist wants, is to be buried under a queue a mile long. Yep. Or 3.3 kilometers long. I gotta help you out there. <laughs> oh, th that long? Oh, wow. That's very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say I'm kind of excited because this is my first, uh, first non-living-in-my-house guest, and so... And it's it's you are from across the pond, Scotland, if I am correct. Aye, Bonnie Scotland. <laughs> no, you can't you can't turn the accent up. I'll laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> not because it's a funny accent, but just because I'm not used to it. No, I mean I, I don't have a thick accent either. I mean I can turn it up, but uh, that's just because I've been surrounded by people who, who do have the thick accent. But yeah. this is how I just usually go. I think, although people have sometimes said when I hot mic a lot but I try not to now because I, th I think it's quite rude but when someone else comes into my room and they're like asking me stuff and I'm talking back apparently my accent just ramps up I don't notice it but yeah I mean that is that that is just sort of how it goes is you don't notice how your voice changes yeah it's subconscious though slightly back more on topic you mentioned only taking a few commissions at a time and I think that is good but that raises the question of you know Three or so commissions. How long does that usually take you? How long for a piece of your caliber and quality, which I think is pretty impressive? How long does that usually take you to do? Butter me up here. Jeez, <laughs> uh, um, it really depends. It depends on a number of things, such as is it a pose I'm familiar with? Is it a character I'm familiar with, or like a species that I know how to draw slash drawn before? And how many characters there are. Like, I found that drawing two characters interacting together uh, 
is even more than twice as hard than just drawing one character doing their own thing, I feel. I don't know why. I think it's just because I have to be aware of spacing and perspective a lot more. And also size comparisons and stuff. It's ah, There's all so many more things to think about. And it takes me anywhere from like three to oh, three days to a week to, to complete something. Depend again, depending on how big is it, what's the subject, and how much I work on it. If I work on it just straight, then yeah, roughly three days. I think that's uh, that's pretty impressive because you you are a master of detailed rendering. In in my in my opinion, you, your anatomy is good. Your scenes are always good, and your lighting is top notch. Well, well, thanks. Uh, yeah, it means a lot. All right. Uh, now that we have we have had our brief period of emotional connection, where I compliment you on your talent, which is abundant, let's t- turn back the clock, as we so often do on this podcast, which is one time. Uh, let's turn back the clock to. Not not necessarily the early days, but you know, further further back when you were when you were starting, or you know, a recent interaction. A lot of times with furry artists, you will gain popularity and attention in spades. And what that comes with is the thing that I named this podcast after, which is those those surprise notes from folks who will come at you usually with a blank subject note on fur affinity, or with a random DM on Tumblr, or what have you with some sort of question or interaction. And I'm curious, do you have any stories of funny or awkward interactions in this fandom that you would feel comfortable sharing? Ah, see, nothing awkward comes to mind immediately. Um, That's lucky. Yeah, it really is. From all the horror stories you hear. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it's not an awkward story. It's just a funny, like a weird, huge cosmic coincidence. I would so, love to hear that. Ruby Snoop, previous yes. guest, great guy, great friend. Uh, talk with him a lot. And he lives where exactly? He lives where you live. Where do you live? Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana. So you live all the way over there. All the flipping way. And through Twitter, I meet this uh, other uh, guy. Uh, I won't name, just in case, whatever. But um, I meet this person. They're friendly. They're great. Um to share some interest with me and they're just nice to talk to and then uh i'm like and then ruby at one point tells me he's like oh i know that guy he's a he's a friend of mine I'm like, oh sweet and so i talk to this guy more and then we start to share like hey where, where do you live like i think at one point said oh it's getting late for me i might i might head out or something uh and they're like oh where, where, where are you from i'm like oh, i'm from scotland and they go oh, i'm from scotland too I'm like oh that's that's that's, that's lucky because i don't really meet that many people who are from never mind never mind like the uk like it's hard enough meeting people from the uk but from scotland no less like that's that's pretty interesting i only know a handful of people from scotland and Um, you live there i know i live there it's weird and then it's like oh whereabouts in scotland southwest so i live in southwest scotland too it's like what town do you live in and i say what town i live in he's like i live there too it's like you're joking. Like, no. Like, what high school did you go to? Because at this point, I'm shaking. I'm like, oh God, who is this? Can I suss this person out before they can suss me? Because I was convinced that if they said the same school that I did, uh, then I would know them. 
and they did see the same school that I did. Oh my they went God. to my high school. So I was like, what? what, 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 what? And then I asked how old they were. They're older than me. I think they were either in this last year when I just started or had just left when I just started. I can't remember. So that's like kind of the only unfortunate thing about it. But that is so weird to me that through a friend that I met on the internet who's all the way in Louisiana, sort of half introduced me to a friend who lives... 10 minutes down the road from me. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. That is the weirdest shit to me, and I love it. I was convinced that that story was going to end with, and then he told me his high school, and it was the same one as me. And I asked him his name, and he said my name. And then I turned around, <laughs> and there I was, speaking into my microphone. Oh, God. But no, that's crazy cool. Yeah. It was just, it was really just, like, whoa. I didn't expect it. Um, it would have been, like... More amazing if it was someone who was from my year. In fact, I don't know. I don't think I would have liked that because then I would have known them. And the sort of shit part of that is like, hey, I remember you. You were a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're being nice to me now, but I have this past knowledge and I don't really want to be friends anymore. <laughs> yeah. But instead of that, you got the the delight of meeting a new person who wasn't mean to you. Yeah. They're, they're, they're nice. They're sound. They're solid. So it's, it's, it's nice. Gotcha. Well, I think that is absolutely excellent. Yeah. Circling back just slightly, you mentioned when you were talking about commissions that you look for people that you consider to be of a similar skill level and see what they're doing mm -hmm. for pricing and such, which I think is a perfectly valid and great way to handle uh, handle doing commissions because, you know, you can accurately judge around where someone draws in comparison to you. Yeah. But I want to look... Uh, a bit further in the realm of skill and ask you the question of what do you, what would you say some of your your earliest influences in this fandom or in previous fandoms were? Earliest? Oh, Jesus. Uh, man, there were so many artists that I sort of saw and I really came to appreciate. Uh, Teal Havoc was one. They were great because I loved their style. And they drew stuff that was very relevant to my interests. Uh, in a similar sort of vein, um, Gekonori, if that's how you pronounce that one, or just Gino, um, is their character. Oddly yes. enough, I sort of placed those two as like sort of parallels in my brain. I don't think they interact much. Uh, they have the same sort of uh, interests, I think. But... Um, I don't know, I've, I've really put those two sort of close together and they were like sort of really big in my mind. Um, then there was also uh, Nargoflex, he's great. Um, his art's more of a, I wouldn't say acquired taste, because that sounds kind of mean, but um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, some of the stuff he draws is very, uh, very fishy, let's just leave it at that. Um, and his style is great. It's a very unique style. Um, I love it. Uh, who else? Of course, stuff like Nars and Tojo. They're both incredible. Both in their like line work and uh, both their line work and their coloring and shading, like great inspirations. Noms as well. Noms is still one of my bigger, bigger ones. Like just the way he draws a lot of things. He does great stuff with perspectives. Oh yeah. Um, 
yeah. So I think those are my my biggest ones, at least inspiration wise. Yeah, I I think those are very very good inspirations, and you can not not see their influence in your work, but you can see, you know, how how someone who admires those styles sort of develops their their interests in drawing. Yeah, which I think is a very fun, you know, sort of facet of furry art in particular is you can always see. Even even going as far back as to the Disney esque roots of the fandom, you could see where people take their inspiration from, and how they sort of quickly grow that from just general inspiration to a uh, wholly unique and reformed style. Here's hoping. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're reformed and unique. Oh, well, there's sort of Frankenstein like parts that I like from other artists. Honestly, um, what is a style but that? Yeah, I suppose. Um, I do try and come up with my own things. Like, every time I make a drawing, I try and... Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to be a question if you're going to ask later, but I think one tip that I have for improving would be try something new every time you draw. Uh, it doesn't have to be something wild. Uh, it could be anything from, you know, I'm going to create another shading layer, and this shading layer is going to be orange, and I'm going to give orange tints to just these parts, see how that looks. Uh, this next time I'm going to try adding a bit more detail to the line work, like little sketchy lines into shaded areas, see how that looks. Ooh. Just try something, add add stuff to your style. If you think it works, add it, bring it into future pictures. If you don't think it works, just forget it and that one picture will just be like, you know what, it doesn't look bad, but I, I don't think I, I like it too much. And that's how I sort of evolved my style over the time, is by adding small tweaks here and there to my style um, and trying new things. No, that's fantastic. Uh, that is that is absolutely good advice for, for any artist new or old, skilled or unskilled. Yeah. Uh, then let me, let me sort of follow that up with a caveat of what is one thing that you would say... Uh, you would avoid something that would hinder one's artistic development things not to do uh number one i know i said this before and that's how i press myself don't compare yourself too much to other artists uh you will find yourself doing that unintentionally as well um but don't dwell on it because that is one surefire way to get yourself down on a road of uh sort of demeaning yourself and um, really putting yourself down because I do it a lot again unintentionally I don't go I don't go seeking out art to look at and then going so much better than mine it's just like if I see it on my dashboard on Twitter or if it's on a post on Fur Affinity I look at it and I'm like oh that's a really good picture and then I sort of look at it a bit more it's like I wish I could draw like that and I start feeling like just like well why why am I trying you know um, that's the kind of feeling that you want to avoid. It's the, why am I trying? Because you should try. Um, I mean, hell, I posted that thing just before New Year's ended, or just before New Year's started, I should say, um, where uh, it was the, compare yourself from the start of the decade to the end of the decade. And it was a picture that I drew way back from Horse Fandom. It was like the first picture I did of my horse OC and uh, the most recent picture from uh, my most recent reference. And the improvement is staggering, like just in a lot of ways. And uh, it takes time to build it, but 
that right there is a reason to try because no matter how sort of bad you think you are um there is always uh multiple avenues for improvement and as long as you stick to it you definitely can improve like i wasn't i wasn't born with a talent for this uh you could say i was born with a talent for learning i mean fair enough i guess maybe ish Mm -hmm. but it takes it takes a long time and you just have to work at it yeah i i think that is absolutely one of the one of the one of the core principles of art is anyone can do art and i know that because i can do art and i spent the better part of 20 years thinking there's no way i will ever be able to do art until one day i picked up a brush pencil but whatever uh picked up a pencil and then someday in the future made a thousand dollars drawing random <laughs> just it that's a success story right there. That's the best thing. Like, I'll, they'll teach that in schools. If I ever become an art teacher, like, I'll just say to my students, like, listen, you may think that today your art is worth nothing, but let me tell you something. You may pick up a brush today, and five years down the line, you will draw somebody on the internet, a fat random on, for a four-figure sum. Yeah. You may be a stupid putz now, but listen to me. I promise you. A thousand dollars for Fat Renamon. It's all yours. The system works. This is how we solve <laughs> economics. We're moving to a Fat Renamon based economy. Gold out. Whatever the current <laughs> system is, I guess nothing out. No, the worth of your country's currency is proportional to its fattest Renamon. Invest in Fat Renamon stocks. Yeah. It's just rising. What we're doing is BBW nationalism. <laughs> I got called out. Okay. Holy shit. Fuck me. That was stupid. (laughs) I don't. Oh my lord. But yeah. Oh my god. All you gotta do. All you gotta do is try. And if you think you can't do it, you're wrong. The only thing stopping you is yeah, trying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. My my message of positivity for you is you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Believe in yourself. Or- yeah, and let me tell you, there is nothing, nothing, no greater feeling uh, when you're finally sort of achieving this goal of improving than someone that you previously looked up to, like the examples I listed before, and then seeing their name on Twitter or on Furfinity saying, this person favorited slash retweeted your art. That right there is the best feeling. Yeah, no kidding. I, I I remember very early on, back in my days when I was on Tumblr, before Tumblr was obliterated from orbit, mm. uh, by the gods of Yahoo.com, F. and their crusade to not get rid of the pedophiles, but to get rid of the porn. Get rid of the horny. Yeah. The horny have no rights. Yeah. Uh, uh, during, during the horny diaspora that was Tumblr, before that, uh, I, I remember... God, I wish I could remember who it was. It maybe even would have no. I knew Ruby before I started drawing. He's he's always been supportive, but I it, it was it was somebody who I had at one point like looked up to and been like, man, I wish I could draw like them. Uh, just sort of favoriting or reblogging a piece that I had drawn, and it was at that point that I was like, okay, now I need to do this all the time. This is all I ever want to do. Yeah, pretty much. People who impress me are impressed by my bad bad drawings, which must mean that they're mm. good. Must mean they're good. 
Like their art is way better than mine. It must be so hard to impress them. Oh my god. <laughs> no. In in reality, even even your favorite artist isn't is is someone who probably likes what you do. Yeah. It's just it's just really nice to feel. And just to have know in the back of my mind it's like, hey, this person favorited my artwork. Ah The the power of a favorite or a comment is a strong one and is not one to be taken for granted. Oh, I can't stress that enough. Comments especially, at least for me. Uh, and I'm sure for the vast majority of other artists as well, uh, comments are the are the backbone of my drive. Oh, yeah. Really, uh, if I, if I post something that I've worked hard on, and no one really comments, I'm just like, uh, okay. I mean, that that seems very kind of selfish of me. I don't mean it to, but like when someone responds with a comment, um, a meaningful one, and they're like, wow, this is. This is really good looking. Like, great job on this. Or hey, this is, this is pretty nice. Uh, or I like the way you did this. It's like oh, that's that's nice. That's, that makes it all worth it. Um, and then the other th- part of that is, I know this is polarizing depending on who you ask. Um, but the way that at least let's just go by how for affinity categorizes it, the quote unquote creepy comments. Not ones where it's like. I want to take your OC and it's like uh, okay maybe not but like when someone's kind of horny over a drawing I make I I enjoy that that's that's for some reason that's a really weird thing for people to say like hey I made this horny drawing and people are horny over it great That's, that's kind of my objective as an artist who draws this thing is I want you to feel this way it's uh that's kind of my objective when I draw that kind of thing. Um, and when I get comments back saying from people like, oh, this is really fucking hot, then I'm like, yes, mission accomplished. <laughs> Did they do all the comments that talk about that sound like Christopher Walken? Yes. <laughs> I like the way that you drew this dragon's paw on this furry's face. Oh, my God. The balls on that wolf. I'm probably not going to leave those Christopher Walken impressions in. That was bad. Yes, you are. Lol. <laughs> oh, leave, leave him in. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, Christopher Walken impressions aside, I'm trying to think of other other sort of questions that I have. And uh, you've already gone through a wildly cool story of how this fandom brought you closer to the people around you as well as people all over the world. Uh, well, closer-ish. I mean... Close, with with the person that I've actually who lives ten minutes down the road from me, um, it's weird. I I do think of them as a friend, and they're they're great, and I don't have any reason not to think that. But I am more friends with, for example, you or Ruby or the other people in our sort of close groups who I talk with every day. Um, and it's so weird how I met you all, just like through other people. And it just kind of shows how sort of really interconnected the, the furry fandom is, especially in different sort of, I, I hesitate to say clicks, but sort of clicks, um, especially kind of like the, the vor sort of side of it. Like everyone seems to know everyone else. Um, like I'll talk to somebody new and who I think is cool. And then someone asks me, hey, what are you doing today? It's like, oh, not much. I, I talked to this guy today. He's really cool. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I've talked to him. He's really nice. I'm like, how does everyone know everyone? <laughs> but uh, it just kind of goes to show how sort of close-knit these these sort of communities are, and I really love it. Um, 
so I don't really have any regrets when it comes to joining the furry fandom because I've met really much all of my best friends here. Uh, I did have some friends in high school. However, with those friends, I never felt as if I was a main friend. It's going to get into really sort of weird sort of terms here, but I never felt as a main friend. I felt as more like a not quite pity friend, but teetering on that edge where, hey, this, this person doesn't really, don't like this person too much, but they're not an asshole. They're not doing any harm. Let's, let's bring them in because you seem a bit of a loner because, yeah, in both primary school and high school, I wasn't the most popular person. So uh, I think I was just kind of brought into the group out of, out of pity. That's, that's kind of what it felt like, at least. Um, I don't have any contact with the people who I were friends with then either now. So the people who I've met through the furry fandom over the internet are pretty much all I have at this point. And that sounds like... When I say all I have, that kind of sounds like a... Oh, it's, I mean, I'll make do with it. No, they're the best friends I've ever had. I've, I've laughed harder with these people than I have laughed ever in my life. I've had better experiences with these people than I've ever had. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great feeling. Yeah, it's, it's the friends that you sort of are saddled with in places like school versus the friends that you get to choose in places like the internet. The real furry fandom was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I think that unironically is the sentiment that we are getting at here. Yeah. Uh, but that that is that is a very interesting sort of sort of thing is that you very much do get to not pick your friends so much. You can't just see someone in the fandom and point at them and be like, "You're my friend now." <laughs> you be friend. And there there are definitely those sorts of times where people do sort of behave like they can just like point at somebody and be like, "We're friends now," which, you know, isn't necessarily bad, but that's not, not exactly how it works. Or the other way would be, your Othi is hot. Can I be your friend? Yeah. And, you know, there's definitely room for those people in your circle of friends, should you so choose. But this is the only place where your friends are not made out of convenience. They are friends made because you have something in common deep down. And that is a love for randy, randy animal people. Oh, the randiest. Oh, they're so randy. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a significant Randy to compare them to, but I can't. My knowledge of Randys is scarce. Sorry if you're so Randy. They're voiced by Trey Parker. Boom, got him. <laughs> got it. Got it in one. I, I <laughs> can't remember if it's Trey Parker or the other guy who voices them, but we'll stick nope, with doesn't it. Doesn't matter. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, th- with that, with that failure of me to name one Randy, I think that's all the questions that I've got. Have you got any uh, sort of plugs or shout-outs you would like to do towards the end? I'd like to thank Jesus. Uh, I don't know. Um, not really. I mean, I just say, I think my my one shout-out will be to uh, anyone who is listening to this and also currently follows me and supports my work. Uh, thank you for sticking with me because I know that my upload schedule and my uh, sort of promise bringing of like hey i'm gonna draw this thing uh has been very spotty uh to say the fucking least uh but thank you for sticking with me and supporting me and pushing me to be better in both my work and my work ethic uh and i hope that in the future i can continue to impress excellent 
Uh, and would you like to uh, plug your your various socials or places where you post art just for those who are unfortunate enough to not be following you? Sure. If you want to follow a, a dumb bird brain like me, uh, you can find me on Furfany at uh, Mephus. Or you can find me on Twitter at uh, at Mephus as well. In fact, at Mephus Bird, because at Mephus is already taken by some nobody. Literally, I think I checked the account and it's like an empty egg icon account. <laughs> Uh, so I'm like, okay, great. I'm glad that name got taken. Um, and yeah, that that's where you can find me if if you wish to view my stuff. Fair warning, it's kinky as all hell. Uh, so don't come in thinking, oh, I'm gonna see this guy's wholesome artwork, and then you'll go, ah, oh, my ass, because you're not gonna have a good time if you're looking for wholesome. Well, there's a couple wholesome things in there, but that's not what I'm all about. Yeah, that's not the purpose. But yeah, you can go there, and one day when Twitter decides to purge the eggs, that egg will hatch into Mufus, and there will be new Mufuses. So everyone go follow Egg Mufus too. Don't follow Egg Mufus. <laughs> because then he's going to come back. He's going to come back to Twitter. He's probably like fucking like a sleeper account, and he's going to come back, and he's going to find a bunch of furries following him. It's like, what did I do? <laughs> Why did I deserve this? You're right. Don't follow at Egg Mufus. Egg Mufus is probably like a businessman. I'm gonna change my name to Egg Mufus now. <laughs> Do follow that's, Egg that's Mufus it. then, but don't follow at Mufus the Egg. <laughs> I'm Mufus the Egg. Uh, if you if you don't know who I am, shame on you. And you can find out more. I am the Hookaloof, the underscore Hookaloof on Fur Affinity. I am Hook at Hookaloof on Twitter. Uh, I just opened up a Discord server that you're not allowed to join because as of like 2 a.m. last night, it got raided by people, and so the the join links are dead. But I will post those. I forgot to say. Yeah, I will post those. I will post those later. Uh, shout out to uh, Huckleberry Blue, my editor, and your new fat horse best friend, who is going to make this podcast sound a lot better than I could because I know nothing and he knows all. Uh, and thank you to you for listening. Uh, this has been Subject High, the only podcast on the internet with the guests who do. And I hope you have a great day.